0: So this is the uh, next edition in the uh, Merch Conflict podcast. This is a podcast where um, we talk about things that don't usually come up in a normal conversations with some curated questions on my my part. Um, This podcast kind of started because, you know, one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is that, you know, you can learn a lot through your own experiences, through reading, through just, you know, listening to other people, but Sometimes we just don't pull enough from the people we actually know uh, about, you know, their life story, their kind of perspectives, perspectives on things. And this podcast, the goal is to kind of catalog that, and um, and and also freeze it in time so we can revisit it, hopefully in a future episode. Uh, knowing how this product is developing, probably not this product in five years, but uh, nonetheless, it's uh, it's still a, a decent platform. Uh, and yeah, um, we'll start with easy like easy warm-up questions that i have and then we'll get to more i don't think they're anything more hard but like just more you know deeper ones and then we'll wrap up and then uh yeah um it's conversational style but obviously you're the guest so the questions are geared towards you and uh yeah you ready to get started sure cool yeah one that's kind of like just to warm you up and give you a sense of the style it's kind of like um this one right here i have so like do you have any personal model that you kind of live by or it's kind of like your go-to saying when it comes to you know things that happen to you in your life
1: oh that's a good question well i first want to start off and say uh thanks for having me on you're uh slowly coming up there besides uh Cal, and i think you'll soon surpass him as the world's greatest moderator That's not. I'll call, uh, yeah well I'll, for now i'll call you the world's greatest podcast interviewer There we go. but uh <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say like a, a model, I, I guess I try to live by for the most part or something that I developed when I was younger is just like, try to like keep everything in moderation for the most part. Cause like when you try to go to, I mean, it's pretty cliche, but when you try to go to like everything as an extreme in life, uh, you can kind of go off the rails no matter if it's like with politics or anything that's like a hobby, um, uh, So kind of just like with anything that I try to do, I just try to keep that in mind Uh, and always try to see like everybody else's kind of perspective, uh, I would say kind of goes hand in hand with that. Uh, But yeah, that's something I try to apply to myself. I don't always live by it, but something I always try to keep in the back of my mind. What about you? Uh, I'm kind of curious. Is there a model that you have?
0: Uh, We could be here for an hour. We live by the
1: model. Go ahead. Uh, like just uh, try to summarize a little bit.
0: Um, I do I do agree with yours. Um, you know one one I think one um, one model I have is kind of like I'm trying to think. Like I don't know. I I always believe. I guess I guess one that's different is I do believe in balance. I think you can get too you know you can do too you can do something too much. You know it's always good to you know um keep that in your own you know your own personal life like you can work too hard you can have too much fun right Mm -hmm. but one i will say that definitely i always come back to is you know you always give everything you know like what's your limit find that limit and then it's up to you to decide if you want to go past that limit or stay there you know i i think we kind of our american society tends to over glamorize, like, you know, people who like, you know, work 80 hours or they go to the gym seven times a week and they do three workouts. I think if that's, you know, that's you and that, you, you know, you want, you know, you want, that gives you a lot of joy doing that and you're really fulfilled doing that thing. That's fine. I think also if that's not you, you just need to do something within that range. That's fine too. But I think often I've seen all like people, even in my own you know career, um, Who I think could have given more, and I just wonder if like later in life, they have that doubt when they're older if they could have done more, whether that's like work, whether that's their own you know social life, whether that's hobbies, whatever. You know, that's one thing I always has that like I want to be able to look back when I'm old and say that like you know I didn't make all the right decisions because nobody can, but like Mm -hmm. did I really try? Did I really give it a go? Like I didn't just you know, you know just not you know give it a fair shake you know and yeah i would say that's one thing i do i do live by and i still do so
1: yeah i would kind of agree with that i think that some people may use the idea of like what i said as moderation is kind of like a a crutch in a way to like not push themselves Mm -hmm. uh in certain aspects but i think everybody's um I guess what everybody's limits are are like different from person to person. So sometimes people use that as an excuse not to push themselves as well.
0: Exactly. The most you can ask of yourself is the best you can be not everybody else. Yeah. Sure. Um, all right. Next question. Uh, let's see. This one, this one I like. I always ask this one. So what advice would you have given a the version of you now? What advice would you have given to an 18 year old version of yourself? Well, a good question, bro. I only ask good questions. Go cool. Take your time.
1: Do we? Do you have another question? Because I want to think about that for a bit. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I don't want to just talk down.
0: Yeah. These are the easy ones, by the way. <laughs> sure. Um, all right. Um, what are some goals you have for yourself over the next uh, two to three years? I have a little short follow-up on that one, but
1: oh, short sure. Yeah. so like uh, I guess more immediate goals is just to uh, try to. Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of cliche. I anything. I'm sure a lot of people talk about it, but just try to progress in your career. Um, eventually, probably in like the three to four year range, uh, eventually like within my career as being a startup is uh, eventually move more and more towards like project management, uh, which uh, you kind of do by taking more and more responsibilities. And uh, project management varies uh, from industry to industry in terms of what that means. Uh, since I work in pharma, it basically means taking on certain like, client projects, which uh, I don't know exactly what, like in your industry, Chris, what exactly uh, project management entails. Um, so I would say that, uh, and then build towards uh, actually buying a house is kind of like within, um, I would say my next three to four year goal.
0: Now, I guess, is there are there any things right now that are stopping you from achieving those goals, or do you feel like you're on track?
1: I think I'm on track. I, some, some things just take time.
0: That's fair. Right.
1: I mean, you're not the same person you were when you were 18 uh, or in the same position in life.
0: That is true. All right. This is what like about me. you?
1: What, what, what's your next okay. two to three hey, this years? This is what well. I
0: was afraid of. <laughs> 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 I mean, come on. <laughs> you said a um, conversation. Uh, so. I did, but like it's <laughs> going to be every question. You're just like others. Like, like others. <laughs> like, oh, what about you? Um, I think my short-term goal is to obviously, I think financially is definitely on a property. Uh-huh. i would i would like to increase my salary i'm not gonna say my salary on this podcast but i'd like to increase my uh my salary by like
1: uh 30%. well uh, what's your motto chris paycheck the paycheck
0: <laughs> exactly increase my salary by 30 percent um oh. i think i think on a uh, do you uh go ahead.
1: so i'm kind of curious do you since you're in the programming industry do you see yourself in the next like five years staying in the same uh area that you're currently in meaning like programming or being like a like a higher end programmer, or do you see yourself moving more towards management?
0: I, I think it depends on the company and the twists and turns. I will say this because of modern AI development. I think the job I have now will definitely change. And what, like even what a high level programmer means. Um, I think if I'm a betting man, I would say I probably lean more towards the management, Mm -hmm. but I just can't see myself at a, five thousand person company being a vp like i feel like i have to be probably at a founder-led company on that you know leadership team on the ground day in day out um and kind of like in many ways maybe testing my own let's call it sports philosophy (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, on on the on the ground and see how that really does that resonate with people still is that is that something that works but um I think, I think if I was a betting man, it would probably be leaning more towards the management style. But I think I'm always going to be somebody that, even if I'm not writing the day-to-day code, I'm reading a lot of code, I'm reading what's going on, on you know, in the field, I'm listening to a lot of talks, maybe even learning on the side a little bit so that I am still, I can still speak to big-picture problems and I can still help with that. I think one of the issues management I've seen in my field have is that when they get too far up the chain,
1: They fall off on the technical expertise?
0: Yeah, and they just start saying, like, you know, lingo. Like, I was just complaining the other week where, like, somebody was saying, like, oh, you know, we need to shift left. And I'm like, what does that even mean? I know what they're trying to say. They're trying to say, oh, we need to catch our issues earlier in the development process. But, like, I can say that, too, and mean nothing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so that's one of the issues I've seen with a lot of leaders I've dealt with. It's very few that I've seen that, like, they have this, they're both. They have this both competence in both worlds, um, but I can see why they make the big bucks because people at that level need to deal with, you know, personality. So they need good soft skills, right? They got to deal with the board. They got to deal with the maybe erratic CEO. But then they also have to deal with engineers, and they got to you know deal with that and their, their own leadership team, right? Their own senior managers. So like it is tricky. But yeah, that's uh, that's the quick answer to that. Is the I would say it's like 60-40. 40.: Gotcha. All right, let me know when you want you're ready to come back to the 18 uh, year old advice. But I have a I've, I've still got some softball ones. Yeah, I mean I, ones,
1: huh? I, I would say for I, we didn't answer that. I thought about it a little bit, and uh, I'm sure my answer might change, uh, like depending on when you ask me this. But one one thing I would definitely say or tell myself, uh, my 18 year old self is don't be af- afraid to like try new things, because um, that's something that I didn't always do when I, I was like younger or at least freshly coming out of college. Uh, so I'll tell you like even playing like, uh, you know, like youth or adult sports leagues, things like that. Uh, it's something I never really thought about, but randomly got the opportunity to try and it's definitely been like a part of what I've done as I've gotten older. I would say even with you and uh, <coughs> hearing you try like, uh, you know, certain kinds of dance, something I've been looking into. Uh, and it definitely sort of widened your scope and view and things that you might find that you enjoy that, uh, unless you tried it, you might not have known. Uh, so that's definitely something I would tell anyone who's younger, really.
0: That's a good piece of advice for people. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Okay. A few more easy ones, then we'll get into a little more of the interesting ones that I think you'll find interesting. All right. So, um...
1: Uh, out of curiosity do uh, you uh, ask every guest, uh, these kind of questions or is it vary from personal person?
0: I because I, I have the time and I don't do this like weekly or anything I actually uh, vary it I do like some questions that, like the one with the 18 year old's advice I like that one that's a good one that I think it's been interesting to hear everybody's different answers but okay. um, many of the questions are tailored towards you specifically Yeah. Sure. Um, like, actually, will, will, will there
1: be open questions at the end?
0: yes there is. I always <laughs> leave a spot for the guest, but I'm I'm starting to time kind of start that out cause like. Oh,
1: my! My one question is: uh, Who's going to be your next guest?
0: Nikhil, probably. I'm going to ask okay. him when I see him again. Um, the, and then I'm going to actually wind it up a little bit to some old coworkers that I have and see if they want to do it. I've been I've been keeping it kind of like people I know would say yes right now just to get a feel and practice um, and what's like, kind of like.
1: What's your ultimate goal them? with this?
0: My ultimate goal with this is actually, um, over time, to actually do these again, review the answers, talk how things have changed in each other, your life, and so like a follow up. Yeah, and this to continue this until probably I pass. Um, I think it's interesting. I think sometimes we lose perspective. I think you have perspective on your own life, but I think sometimes we can forget that like other people's lives also have twists and turns, good and mm-hmm. bad, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And like seeing how that like that is, it's almost like it's almost like a. Audiobook in a sense, but, like, podcast audiobook and, um, through just conversations. It just reminds me, of maybe, like, the old, before we had, like, a lot of books, you know, thousands of years ago, how people probably shared oral stories. It's kind of from that vein. Um, this kind of project started just because, like, um, I was listening to, I think it was Lex, and I forgot who was a guest, but they were just talking about, like, just not, like, not the, their expertise, but just, like, general life stuff, and I was just, because, I don't know, I had an epiphany. I was just, like, how come I don't, like, you do
1: that with your like, own life
0: yeah with other people that i know and like cuz i think we you know we we you know we glamorize like people like you know <clears throat> certain podcasts and um I won't name the names out of liability and you know we like hearing their stories but i think we underrate the stories that are around us right like you probably have family members that have interesting lives you probably have friends that have interesting lives and and sometimes we don't pull enough from that knowledge so that's really the basis there's no end goal this is kind of like a yeah i mean Good. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'm a big, you know, like you climb one mountain to climb another. So uh, I'm telling, I have models up, up the, up the alleys. So of course. Um, so yeah. Uh, um, I know what I was
1: just gonna add to is, and, and I know you've listened to this before, but yeah, one of the most fascinating podcast interviews that I listened to was actually one of uh, comedian Theo Vaughn's when he just interviewed a plumber. I was like, oh, it's kind of like a more. You know, everyday kind of uh, blue collar job, but it that was one of the most fascinating interviews to me because it, it just getting his perspective and uh, his sort of trade on something that's kind of more everyday or not necessarily as glamorous. It's actually really fascinating, uh, and I appreciated at least Theo's approach to. Uh, yeah, I think he also interviewed a couple long haul truckers and a couple other like people just to get like perspectives of more uh, like everyday people, and they were some of them were absolutely fascinating.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I did like that pod. It was a good pod.
1: Sure. Okay. Anyway, all right. So do uh, you have another question?
0: I do, I do. Um, so I know you're, you have an older brother, so I'm, I'm actually curious about in like your lived experience. What are some unique aspects of just, this is about you specifically, what's, what's some unique aspects of growing up with a, as a younger brother? And secondary to that question is, how do you think that impacted how like, you view the world and also your character?
1: Hmm, that's uh that's interesting. Uh yeah, so my older brother um is 14 years older than I am. He's actually like technically my half brother. So growing up like he was pretty I would say influential to me in terms of like I, I looked up to him quite a bit cuz uh you know, or whenever it was just me and him, like he would play like way different kinds of music than say like my uh my parents would, right? Uh, cause they were for, like boomers from an older generation. So they're kind of, they, I would say like my parents checked out of like more modern music probably around the time I was born. Uh, so that they tend to listen to like more oldies or because my dad's Mexican, more like Mexican music. Right. Whereas like my brother, he was, uh, he was an eighties baby really. Uh, like that, that's when he was young. And so like he would, um, like play a lot more like modern stuff. Or like he would just introduce me to like other bands like when I was a kid like Sublime, things like that. So I really like that he opened up. I would say like my music taste, Uh in that regard because that's, you know, uh, what I was more interested in was kind of like what he was listening to. Um, and he was also the first he bought me I think when I was in third or fourth grade, uh, my first CD, which will date me. Uh, but it was uh, Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory, uh, which I still love that album to this day. Um, So, yeah, in in those ways, he was pretty influential uh, in terms of, like, you know, how he formed uh, my years of, like, really, like, listening to, like, early music Uh, and amongst other things. Like, uh, he was always pretty stylish, so I admired uh, kind of his sense of fashion, if you will, and that's probably because I was just, like, pretty young he was like a teenager and an early young adult um, but at the same time I would say that uh, like with my perspective because he was so much older I wouldn't always see him so he lived with my parent like at my childhood house when I was like really young but then he like moved out when he was 20 so I was like 6 so in many ways I was still kind of like an only child dude, if that makes sense so like I was only son from my mom and so she kind of like you know, would call and paid me a little bit. Uh, so, like, I kind of had a sibling, but it, at times it felt like I was an only child as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's just an interesting, unique kind of dynamic, right? Like, it's...
1: Mm-hmm. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh... But, yeah, um, and we weren't always, like, super close, but I think we got closer as I got older.
0: So that's your impact. Do you think it ever shaped how you view the world or view, you know, abstract, you know, family dynamics or anything like that?
1: Hmm.
0: I think you covered the character aspect pretty well. I'm just curious about the other part. That, that part of the question. Like uh, me being kind of like having
1: a sibling, if that shaped my yeah, worldview? Be,
0: yeah, being younger. Also, like you said, kind of like that bigger age gap. You know, do you think, how much would you think would have been different how you would perceive maybe familial relationships or maybe like, let's say... Oh, well, yeah, I,
1: I, I, mean, I, I, I would, would argue that... Age gap. Yeah. So, I Yeah, I'm sure it would in some ways. I would argue more so my family cultural aspects shaped my family, my family dynamics or worldview far more, if that makes sense. That
0: makes sense.
1: Like, it, it's hard to say, like, if I didn't have a brother or if we were closer, how exactly that would differ. Like, cause I, I don't have that kind of lived experience, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. I mean, you have two siblings uh, and I guess they're kind of like you are in a similar situation to me. Like you're closer in age, but there's still a big distance and then you're half siblings, right? So how yeah, do you think yeah, that would have changed if they were only like a year or younger than you well the
0: reason, well, the reason... i asked is that it's not even, like for me yeah the age you're right it would it would probably change some some i bet some aspects but i'm the eldest right so i've yeah. always been curious about what it's like to be like middle or youngest too because i just don't have those references so i'm always curious to ask like, yeah
1: i mean you know? it's hard i mean uh i don't even know exactly i think if we were closer in age we probably just would have done more stuff together Right, but uh, I can't say necessarily how that necessarily would have changed
0: my world view. I will say this because I'm nine years and 14 years older than my siblings. I will say that since my siblings are only my two younger siblings are only uh, five years apart, I'll use this as the only anecdotal reference I have. I've noticed that with them as they became older, they because they're closer in age, they maybe generationally have the same references. So, like, they tend to do more stuff. They have their own... Right, absolutely. Well,
1: I I would say, like, it's more of a generational thing, right? So, like, my brother grew... We were talking about this a little bit ago, right? He grew up before cell phones really became a thing. So, like, when he was a young adult, right, if you... uh, You know, like, within our era, Chris, right, when we were in early college, it was all Snapchat. Smartphones were already, like prominent right mm-hmm. but when my brother was coming up nah dude when they would go out they'd bring a camera with them and that like yeah. kind of blew my mind because i just didn't think about that i was like oh that's so different like no one would even think about that in today's day or like 10 years ago right so i think it's more the generational or like the area you grew up in i think forms you far more
0: yeah i think that's that's fair I, I, and like I said, it's an intriguing question, because it's a
1: hypothetical? And it's like, you don't know? Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's hard to say. I mean, so here's another thing that you probably looked into. But even in terms of the type of media that people consume, I, I, I haven't seen any data regarding, like, you know, if you have siblings or if you're an only child or not. But there definitely is a difference depending on what um, generation you're a part of, in terms of, like, how you consume media and what types of media you consume.
0: Yeah, that is true. It goes back to like, are we? How much are we formed by our environments versus our 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 genetic nature, right? Um,
1: I think it's more the time that you
0: grew up in. That's true too. Different cultural. Oh,
1: um... dude! I mean, like, even I was talking to my dad a couple of months ago. We're talking. He's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "Uh, "I remember when color TVs were starting to become big." I was like, whoa, that's... And now, like, yeah, like, I've never grown up in a world where there were no, uh, like, black and white TV te- or just black and white TVs, right? So that's a huge difference. All right.
0: Yeah, that is a huge difference. I agree. Yeah, it's... it's and nice even difference. in the... Uh, so my
1: last point is, even in the 80s, right, or uh, or from the, i say, the 50s through the 80s, you know, they you talk to people during that era... And, uh, you know, there was a real sense that there, there was still the threat of, you know, a Russian nuclear attack. Yeah. We didn't grow up in that era where we nope. sort of had that looming threat or danger.
0: Nope, we did not. That's true.
1: Anyway. So, yeah, it's uh, you asked me about my brother, how that, uh, yeah, it's hard to tell exactly like how much I would have changed if I was different. I'm sure in some ways I would have, but I don't know how to quantify that.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's an interesting thought experiment. Um, there's actually no right or wrong answers in this podcast, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, sure.
1: Hey, I just don't know. I've never thought about that, really.
0: Yeah, don't know is also fair. Um, all right, so this is the, kind of the last easy one before uh, we get to some interesting, more interesting ones. Uh, what, are, what are some aspects of your friends that you admire? And you don't have to name names or anything. Um, and on the flip side of that, what are some things that they do that kind of, like, that's weird or you know what? I wouldn't do that. Um, again, no names need to be dropped. That's up to you. But I'm just curious, like, you know, cause I, I you know, my, one of my other models is like your friends reflect in the sense, was it phrase like, show me your friends. I'll show you, you. So I'm just kind of curious on that front.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I've definitely heard a quote similar to that. Um, yeah. I would say like uh, my closest friends, uh, one attribute I admire is that uh, like really the loyalty or, like, how they would always have my back. I think that's something that, yeah, because I've lost trust in people before, so that's something that I... And I, I probably... I've probably lost some other people's trust in the past, so it's something that I try to work on and I really value, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's something that when I get close to someone, it's something that, like, I look for uh, in terms of a quality or attribute. And I would say, like, my closest friends definitely have that. Um, the other thing I would say is for most of my friends, they have like a sense of, I, I would say, like openness or like curiosity and adventure. Like most of the closest people or people I've been closest with, they, even if they haven't traveled a ton, they're really open to it or and want to travel and, and uh, try to you know step outside their comfort zone in terms of uh, getting a like just staying in their like area that there is known. So like, I would say like you, you definitely like to travel, push the boundaries, uh, see new things. Uh, for most of my other close friends, it's kind of the same way where, uh, even if they haven't traveled a lot, they, they, that's sort of a goal of theirs. Um, and I think that kind of like openness and sense of curiosity, uh, says something about a person and really makes you more, it kind of like opens your worldview you a bit more, um to think what else take your time hey, i'm trying to think i mean there's other like smaller attributes but i would say those are like the two of the biggest ones um in terms of attributes that i don't like
0: yeah i i preface because you know since you're, you're yeah that usually that's all like
1: that, i would say that's a harder one
0: yeah i was gonna say usually you like those so i said My fault, like the way you could also think of it is, um, if you have ones that are easy, like don't like, they're easy to go for it. But the other way to phrase it is like things that like you find kind of like, oh, wait, let's, you know, not, I don't want to say the word weird, but kind of like it throws you off or like you wouldn't have done that. Like just stuff that, you know, it could be something as small as like, you know, this person doesn't eat anything on his pizza. You know, I'm just, it could be as small as that, but obviously if you can go deeper, it would be great. But like this one's a bit. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. uh, Yeah. Hold on. Let me think of that for a second. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, let me let me circle back to that one because there's not anything. I don't want to give you something superficial on that.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um, we'll I'll make a note here. To we're gonna circle back on this. All right, next one up. This is also kind of tricky. These are ne- these next ones are not. I know they're not easy. So take your time. Over, your time. <laughs> um,
1: Oh, hold on. Uh, before we get into the, the deeper stuff, so wh- what are what are some traits that you admire about your closest friends?
0: Well, my closest friends are <laughs> all over the spectrum, so I don't know. That's sure. Me. Sure.
1: Well, I I'm sure there um, there's,
0: there is there is certain things. I think most of my closest friends um, they they have a seriousness about them. So it could be in different realms, right? Some could have seriousness about you know their career, their work, their studies others could have a seriousness about just how they approach life. Like they don't, they're not about, you know, dating 50 girls or they're not about like not, you know, you know, messing around or it could just be a seriousness about like, you know, making money and like taking care of, you know, number one. Um, I think also, I think also I agree that that there's a trust loyalty factor. Um, and I think, I think the one thing I will say is, um, I tend to not really, and I think it's just who I am. I tend to not gravitate to people who are phony. Sure. So, like, so authentic I, I, is what you're saying. Yeah. So you look, I, I, you know, my, my friend groups, they've they have flaws, <laughs> and, um, but I will, I can actually say for a fact that like nobody can be obviously authentic all the time. We're all human, but like for the most part, they're not going to be people that are like saying one thing and doing the other, or. Mm-hmm you know, even if you disagree, like, honestly, I've had some disagreements, right? You disagree with what they're doing, how they're doing it. They'll just tell you, right? They won't just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. And then, like, you know, back the door, they're like, you know, doing X, Y, Z, right? Um, and that's that takes some courage. Cause I think some people that I've learned as I've gone older, they're actually more comfortable with the fakeness. Like, okay, like, if I don't know, it doesn't bother me. Um, but I, all the people I know are very straightforward. They'll tell me, you know, like, you know, you're wrong or, You know that's racist, or um, or I'll tell them they're racist. You know they won't care. (laughs) Um, But uh, I think that's one thing I would say on the the stuff I don't admire. I think at times some of my close friends, depending on who it is, I think, and I won't name names out of protection. I think some have this. You know, um, some can have too much of an ego. Others can maybe follow too much uh let's call it um toxic masculinity social media like honestly i'm kind of like over i used i know i used to say this sometimes when i was you know stupid but like i understand the realities of being a woman over 30 but i don't think you should like put a person in a bucket just because they're that you know like oh they're i was the best thing that's going to happen to them you know i don't know why they you know they're being so flimsy you know I think that's that's a that's that's something that that's I That's a problem. That I, that I wouldn't I wouldn't do and I think even though I know there are real challenges and there are some, you know, truths to the myth as they would say, I feel like you don't do yourself or the other person a favor by just doing that, right? Like mm-hmm. um and I think uh you know, I think it's important to remember that like every person is their own individual even if there are these bigger wider forces and you have to treat your situation as much as you can, you know, and within reason to that unique circumstance, but um, I think that's kind of like the, the answer to my own question. Weaknesses on there, but I think I think authenticity is kind of like number one. I think I just have a hard time with people that are just faking it, whether that's at work whether that's outside of work. Um, you know, and, it, and it's and it's interesting as I get older, Alexis, that it gets easier to see this. <laughs> you know. Well, I think it
1: just comes with experience. Yeah, yeah. So I I would say for some people that I, I wouldn't say I'm the closest with. Um, but uh, for some people, especially in my past, uh, the, uh, like one negative attribute that I haven't quite liked is uh, so, uh, certain people. You said uh, ego. I would say like certain um, certain friends' obsession with like status and always being like uh, competitive with that. But I think as I've gotten older, those are kind of things that uh, whereas I didn't care as much when I was younger. I sort of self-select for that out in in terms
0: of like my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Ready for this next heavy hitter? Go ahead. All right. Lay it on me. So I'm kind of curious to know, like, what are some like aspects of your parents that you admire? <laughs> you you, kind of, you want to like when you live your own life and like the next let's say that like, the next phase of your life is what you kind of describe, you know, getting that property, maybe getting a family. Um, what kind of like what kind of aspects of your parents you you try to like keep in mind model yourself, and what aspects mm-hmm. you don't, if there are any, yeah.
1: Uh, so uh, I guess parent. The, parents, uh, the one thing that I always noticed, uh, at least, uh, I'll start with my dad, uh, when I was a kid is he and this probably uh, like formed a lot of the framework uh, for myself is he was never really afraid to uh, like talk to anybody. So it didn't really matter if you were the janitor or you were a county government. It didn't really matter if you were a janitor or you were uh, like a and the, uh, would uh, they wouldn't have that sort of same outlook. Like, uh, at least with, like, I'd say like a service job. But my dad was never quite like that. Like, uh, there were a couple of cafeteria workers, uh, and he was really close with you. you know, I would say hi. We got invited to, uh, when I was a kid, one of their family functions. A um, uh, guy's name was Jorge. And so that, that was something I always, like, admired, and I always try to do that. Like, it doesn't really matter to me. I'll go talk to you or be friends with you no matter. If, like, I, I won't judge you based off of anything that's, like, superficial like that. It's More like, out of, like,
0: uh,
1: as cliche as it is with, like, Martin Luther King, but, like, based off the content of your character, who you are. Um, so, like, I, I kind of, like, admired that and uh, some aspects that I try to take away from my dad. Uh, he was also, like, pretty hardworking, uh... Like, he started working, uh, picking, you know, fruits and vegetables as kind of like, uh, in, in a way, like a day laborer when he was, uh, you know, like in elementary school. And that's something that he's, like, always worked throughout his life and, like, um, throughout his career until he retired. Because it's something I admired quite a bit. Um, from my mom's side, what I do admit uh, I, I do like uh, quite a bit is... Uh, and she's done this quite a bit when she's gotten older, but is actually um, uh, volunteering, getting involved with her community. So uh, something she's very uh, passionate about. I, w- I won't get too much into this. Uh, is um, she's uh, like pretty staunchly uh, like anti-abortion. She's pretty religious. Uh, but the one thing I admire is she doesn't just say that. Like she actually puts her uh, her actions where like her mouth is. So she actually gets involved with her church and through like certain organizations that actually help young mothers out, you know, try to find clothes uh, and like food and try to get them housing and, and things like that. Because uh, I, I find it kind of annoying when people hold certain belief systems and complain about certain things, but they n- never actually do anything with their actions in their personal lives or in their communities. Uh, so that's definitely one thing that I, I do admire about my mom is she actually gets involved.
0: What about the flip side of that question?
1: Flip side, um, yeah, I, I think I think sometimes, and this is probably uh, you can probably find uh, attributes with uh, both my uh, both parents is uh, something that we both have that uh, gets a little frustrating. Is they can both be very stubborn, um, and it's something that's probably rubbed off on me, and I try to work on. But uh, you know, sometimes just uh, not. Like not being stubborn and really not letting like the little things really uh, affect you, like to a great degree, where you get like super mad, uh, is probably not the best way to handle certain situations in your life. And it's sometimes, uh, like, or I would say, oftentimes, how they handle it is that they'll like flip out over the little things. And I'm like, dude, in the end, like as I've gotten older, I'm telling them, it's really not that big a deal. Like you, you should chill out. Like the, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big. Like chill out like, have a more patient approach. I don't know. There, there's probably mean, other aspects, but that's just one that stuck out uh, to me <laughs> that I've dealt with, yeah, especially fair. as they've
0: gotten older. Yeah, that's fair. It's, yeah, like you said, it's, no, there's no right or wrong questions here.
1: Yeah. Uh, what about you? Uh, what do you admire about your parents?
0: Let's see. I technically had three parents, but... Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, let's go with all three. They're all part of your life, man.
0: Yeah, I would, yeah say, I would say I think with my father, um I think where I pulled a lot of knowledge is kinda like on the I'm gonna say the cold hard realities of life. Um honestly a lot of the reasons I think I've had, I've had a successful, you know, high school, college, career, like let's say from fourteen to now thirty. Uh, at least on a monetary material basis. So It's just because of advice that I've gotten and also learned from my father, who is you know, a CFO in his own right, and um, has always made uh, on the balance, very cold-cut, good career decisions. Um, obviously, there's a flip side to that. The flip side to that is that you learn very quickly that if you live your life that way, you know, it can be a very lonely place in some ways. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't think it bothers him, but I think I would have had a hard time with that. Sure. Um, I think for my mom, I think one of the things I've always admired is kind of like her strength in terms of like moral fortitude. You know, she is highly protective for children. She, you know, always tries to think of like You know, she doesn't think she's the opposite. She doesn't think often in monetary, in in terms of material things and thinks more in emotional Mm -hmm. IQ and emotional health aspects, Mainly because maybe hers was so deprived. Um, And then, but I guess on the balance, on the the dark side of that is, um, is that sometimes we've been in situations where we just haven't had a a lot of discretionary income and we've been kind of tight budgeted. uh, because of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then for my stepfather, I would say one of the, I often actually tell, you know, very close friends, that like, he's kind of been like my greatest teacher in a way, kind of like that. Okay, I'm not Alexander the Great, but that Aristotle-Alexander the Great kind of um, dynamic because uh, he reads way more than I do. He's obviously lived his own very interesting life. Mm -hmm. Um, And he has a good way of, making sure I think of the big picture sometimes. So for instance, I have a real concrete example. I really wanted to leave home for college. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was actually, actually, this is a story that probably you don't know yet, but I'm going to share it. Um, I, I was, you know, I had accepted, I was going to go to San Jose state. um, And then I had the typical, I guess this happens to be at weddings, the cold feet or cold feet. So I actually, at the last, one of the last moments I could, I was thinking about switching my decision to go to um, Xavier. Mm. Um,
1: Ohio. Wow. How that would have changed.
0: (laughs) Um, My stepfather, he said, you know, don't make an emotional decision. Look, let's do this Excel sheet together. You can see, you know, what the cost would be, you know, what you're getting for financial aid, um, you know, college debt and stuff like that. So can, and, I, you know,
1: can I ask you, uh, I, I, I get where you're going. Can I ask you a hard question? Sure. Or what if you had gotten a free ride from Xavier?
0: And it was a guarantee for all four years? Cause yeah. No, no, no. no, no gar-
1: guaranteed. Well, uh, at um, a minimum, you got left. a so 3.0 GPA, but like it's very attainable.
0: I would have left, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I would have left. I, I've always wanted to, I'm a big believer in that and you know me uh, pretty well now. I've always been a big believer that like you should always come home maybe at some point if it makes sense if your family's there. I actually do believe in that, but I think it goes back to like learning and like
1: an experience not
0: being, not being so risk adverse, even though in other aspects I've been risk adverse, but not in this mm-hmm. I'm big on like you should try you know even if like honestly when I came to Jersey, my expectations was two years max doesn't work out I come back. you can go back yeah you I'm have good. your your net. Yeah, I can recalibrate and just start again. I think a lot of people are just afraid of like, I'm going to do this and it's going to all fall apart, you know? And now I'm, and I will say this, it gets harder as you get older because you have more responsibilities and bills. So the time to do it is when you're young, ideally. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, or I, I, kids. Gone. I, mean, I yeah. would have Yeah, or kids. Yeah, I was, you know... That's the specific example. I mean I was still tempted to not go to San Jose State. It's nothing against San Jose State. I actually learned a lot there and actually
1: It's a good um, school. It's just I get what you're saying. You wanted to get outside your comfort zone. Um
0: I um what's the term? I uh, I end up learning a lot being there. And actually I do think where I'm at now, the lot the reason I have a lot of let's say financial and personal flexibility is because of my time there. And so sure in many ways it's full circle. And then I think something that I think my stepdad, you know, everybody has their flaws. Um, um, I think sometimes he can be too, it's actually kind of like what you just said, too stubborn, too narrow-minded. He has a worldview and it doesn't move often. It doesn't alter at all. Yeah, it doesn't alter at all. And I think sometimes, and this has happened where he had his own, you know, beef with his own family. Is that, you know, in some topics they've moved on and he hasn't. And I think that's something that he has mm-hmm. to deal with. I think one of the, one of the clear examples of this is like, you know, he's he's been eligible to be American an American citizen for a very long time now, and he mm-hmm. hasn't done it. Even though it's more work to get the green car and everything. And I think that stems from that stubbornness and that's
1: that also because he's afraid that with it he might lose his identity.
0: Ethnic identity that so. is. I think so, yeah. That's okay. my theory. I've we never sense. talked about it, but that's my theory, and I think it stems from that stubbornness, though, because I think the reality is, if we're thinking really long term here, big picture, is that um, you know his, you know, all his kids are going to probably
1: they're not going back to there. to where his yeah. homeland.
0: Exactly. So, I've always found that fascinating. Um,
1: yeah, but I mean, so we we both come from uh, or or have roots. To people who have immigrated here right and also like some of people that i know in my family they're the same way just with their home country exactly and it's just like you don't see the writing on the wall and that always fascinates me it was like dude your your kids your lineage they're not going back dude you came here
0: yeah i agree i agree (laughs) um so i would say those that's my answer for that question um all right so moving on to this now it's about you so, what do you consider to be your uh, your your character strength, your trait, you know? And what do you consider to be that that crypt, that Achilles heel, that flaw? You
1: know? Hmm, that's a good question. So uh, we only have two
0: more after that, so you're almost at the final stretch. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I would say, like, uh, I I so I, I would say, in terms of like uh, on a personal level, so some of the things that. I think that I said that I select for in terms of like my best friends. I try to hold those attributes. So I try to be like a pretty loyal person, right? And someone that's uh, like you said. I, I think I try to be pretty uh, like authentic and honest. I don't try to be fake. Like if I have an issue with you, Chris, or somebody else, like I'll try to I'll try to be like straightforward and try to give you like uh, or just anybody good advice, at least from like my perspective or how I'll see it. Um. Let me see. Like, uh, in terms of like my, or like strengths for like my career, like I love like what I do in terms of like science and I'm always trying to like learn and grow. And really as I've gotten older, try new things, uh, which I think is like help, um, in terms of like what I've been willing to do and try in my career has, has been really helpful um, um, in science because you always have to like kind of be a pretty curious person. Uh, let me see. What can I say? I would say sometimes, uh, like one of my weaknesses from work is sometimes I can like, uh, if like, uh, I'm not motivated, sometimes I can be kind of, uh, procrastinatory. And that's something that's always struggled me if I'm not like super interested in certain aspects. Uh, and it's definitely something that I've like tried to work on. Um, and from like a friendship standpoint or like just personal life, sometimes I can like be pretty stubborn. And uh, once in a while, I'll try to catch myself and be like, yeah, in reality, like, this isn't that big a deal or you should, like, learn to compromise a bit more. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I would say. There's probably other things, but, like, that could probably be a longer list, and I need to think about that more.
0: Yeah, top of mind is good enough, so don't worry.
1: Okay. See, if you give me these questions uh, a bit ahead of time, I might have been able to plan a bit more.
0: No, but I... I but uh, I, I, you like
1: the the element of surprise.
0: I like that raw nature. Yeah. Whatever comes to the mind first. Yeah. Like I, I, know you too. You have prepared answers. That's the thing. Like other people, oh, I just want to get a hill of heads out. I just want to <laughs> Well, you, no, I, like, oh, I honestly, honestly
1: <laughs> no, I'd probably give bullet points, like jot down ideas.
0: Exactly. We need that off the cuff. That's the best version of you sometimes. Huh? This guy. Yeah, I know all my friends like when I'm off the cuff, but I'm working on not doing that as much, dude. <laughs> I like off the cuff, Chris. Yeah, um, yeah. My uh, my coworkers are like, "Damn, dude, sometimes you really you sound completely different when you're not like focused." I mean, all you let, all let it stuff. rip. I'm like, yeah, let but, it yeah. rip. Um, all right, two more. I think this next one is kind of tricky. The last one is actually I don't think too bad. Um, not that bad. Okay. But uh, yeah, um, what is the harshest thing someone has said to you, and how did that impact you? How did it make you feel? The
1: harshest thing.
0: Yeah. Like for example, I've I've not on this podcast, but I got this question from another, uh, I think a short YouTube short or TikTok, and um, this person it was it was rough. I don't think yours is gonna be this rough, but like basically she told this interviewer it was on the street TikTok, you know how it is, in TikTok, and she said that the hardest thing she was told was that um, her mother her mother told her, "I love you because I have to, not because I want to."
1: yeah that's just messed up kind of uh like yeah. family i, I don't dynamic. think you're that had... bad
0: but like in general like you know what's the harshest or toughest thing somebody's told to you and how did that impact you yeah it could be uh... some, that's the, worst, the more extreme example but it could be something like you know you know for me it's kind of like one of my things i always stick out in my mind is when uh i was called a choker once and it's always uh, in the back of my a mind. choker yeah
1: in what context? I don't, like pr- sports? I, don't, I
0: don't handle pressure well. No, no. I was at the gas station, and uh, I was just waiting. And uh, uh, this lady was struggling, I guess. I wasn't paying attention. And my dad said, like, oh, you should go help her. And I'm like, wait, what? Help who? And then, like, I just was flustered, and I didn't, I didn't like, you know, she ended up figuring it out. But, like, I just didn't. I was, I was, get, I was, I was too quick. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you freeze. You can't make a decision. That happened uh-huh. to me. I was, like, 14. And my dad was like, well, at least now you know you can't handle pressure very well. And that's always Ooh. been in the back of our mind. Like, oh, okay. Which is why you like pressure. That's also... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. My manager said circle. that. Like <laughs> full circle. Full circle. was just like, I was once told at a random gas station that I, well, I, apparently I freeze up. You I know, because yeah,
1: <laughs> you want to prove them wrong. That's uh, wrong. That's... I'm trying. I mean, I got, I got to think about that a bit more. That's fair. Because like, nothing comes like, I mean, I've had criticism, right? But nothing I, I thought was unfair or unwarranted or things like that. I think a lot of criticism that I've gotten, especially when I was younger, like being procrastinatory or, you know, needing to work harder, it's, I think a lot of that was, um, which, which I've been told by, you know, like uh, coaches or even my dad. It's things that, like, I already knew in the back of my head. It's, like, things that I needed to work on. So I wouldn't necessarily call that harsh, because uh, when I view harsh, it's something that's like kind of unwarranted, or something that you know, uh, like people are saying just to like really dig deep and hurt you. Um, and yeah, that's I can't really. the question. What?
0: You need, you, you need more time, or you think that there's no? It's okay to say there's you don't have an answer for that one. It's totally fair.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say there was like a super harsh moment like that.
0: Hopefully, in five years, when I ask it again... Maybe. I mean, it's maybe, maybe it's there something is, something. and
1: there's just something that just I can't think about or it's buried. I don't know. Yeah, a, yeah. Well, that's I fair. don't quite have an answer to that one.
0: All right, so... Um,
1: well, that, that, That's not to say that here, I have... Hold on. That's not yeah. to say I haven't gotten criticism. I've gotten criticism plenty of times in my life. I
0: mean, if, I, if, I wouldn't if, say like, it's like. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. Um, maybe for a future discussion. If you want to, like, sure. put that in this question, that's fine, too, but we can move on to the next one if you want.
1: Yeah, but it, it, uh, I would say it's nothing quite like to the point where it like stuck with me, or like something that really was said that really formed or drove me that that impacted me to that degree. Like I could tell with that, I was like, "Oh, okay." There's the root of like why Chris loves pressure so much, or once I put the team <laughs> on guess. his back.
0: that that is the root. Yeah. The gas station uh, near Concord. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, right? Place, I was just like, it's you know, crazy how some words you know. can stick with you. Yeah. And people anyway. always said, like, oh, it was because, like, something big happened. I was like, no, it, was, it wasn't that big. It was <laughs> innocuous. It was it's quick. innocuous. It was the con- It was the context and also, like, my age, probably. I mean, I was just, like, you know, I was a teenager. So
1: and like, did he say it with I a harsh not tone not or was it kind of nonchalant?
0: Well, the problem is that I can't really tell my dad when he has a harsh tone because it's very even.
1: It, I, I guess it was probably more nonchalant. It was the way he said it without, like, a really harsh tone that really hit.
0: Yeah. It's... Uh... Alright, last one before the open session, which hopefully is targeted. Um all right. What is uh what's something kinda like a goal or a dream or something you wanted so you can think of it as a position? Maybe a girl you wanted, um, you know, uh maybe you wanted to be, you know, cu- you know cum laude at college, whatever, it could be whatever you want. That you really wanted badly, um, but didn't get it, you know, like you know, if you're a career you don't win the anybody finals, right? Um, how did you handle that, and how did you move forward? Um, you know, uh, with that "quote unquote" maybe I'm going to call it failure here, but I don't like that word in this context. But, um, but like, yeah, how did that you handle that? How did you move forward? And you know,
1: was well, something I wanted that I didn't get. Let mm-hmm. me think about that for a second.
0: That's fair. Yeah. And it, like I said, I try to give like different examples. It doesn't just have to be like a career thing. It could be like, I wanted, that was the girl of my dreams and it slipped in my fingers. I really wanted, you know, um, you know, this, uh, you know, whatever thing. Oh uh, Yeah, so, I would say I at the, t- nice well, no,
1: I, I would say at the time that it wasn't even, how do I say this? At the time, I was kind of in your same boat where when we were coming out of high school, uh, I applied to colleges all over and I really wanted to go away for college, but yeah, I, I kind of had the same talk with like my dad where it was uh, like, you can do it. I was like, he's like, but you're going to be under more debt. And he's like, we're not going to help you with everything. And uh, once you start breaking down the numbers? Then you realize, you know, what you want and probably what was the most frugal or pragmatic decision. Those two don't always line up, but yeah, I would, I would say for a while there were like two colleges, one in Texas, and uh, and I think from what I remember it was also Xavier were two colleges I was really considering and kind of really wanting to go to. Um, and I wonder how life would have turned out had uh, I made that decision to go away for undergrad.
0: Is Wafer in Texas? I didn't know this. What? Is Wafer College and where is that? I don't. Wafer. Know. I said Where's Xavier. Oh uh, no, I said a, oh, a college. Xavier.
1: Yeah, so I said Xavier, and this other one was called uh, St. Edward's U, which is a little south oh, of okay. Austin,
0: Texas. I got gotcha. you.
1: Yeah, those were two. I applied all over to, like, Gonzaga, too, but uh, in reality, I didn't really want to go to East Washington. Um, that's funny. That's also the basketball team I, I dislike the most.
0: <laughs> so how did you, I guess, like— How did you I cope? I mean—
1: so I, I would say it was tough. Like, when I, I first went to my undergrad, like, uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, but, like, it was just weird. I didn't, like, my roommate was fine, but I didn't really click with any, anybody. And uh, first, I would say the first semester, it was like, uh, you're trying to make an adjustment. Uh, and I just didn't really feel like I had, like, a close friend group. I mean, you were at San Jose State, so I'd meet up with you once in a while. Um But yeah, like, I I don't know. I was in like a bit of a funk, I would say, like my first semester and like classes are also like a lot harder. So you're just trying to adjust to that. Uh, I just felt like pretty off and it wasn't until about like mid second. I know. So we're quarter system. So mid second quarter uh, where then I met uh, like two of my other closest friends, Alvaro and Andrew, uh, and things started clicking
0: and then like uh,
1: really helped solidify my college experience.
0: Told you, this one's to be easier. Um, all right, so we're kind of end of my question set. Um, before you barrage me with questions, uh, what did you think of the experience? Did you did anything surprise you with the question set that you didn't see coming? And uh, yeah, overall thoughts, and then it's open panel until we want to end the room, and then uh, yeah.
1: No, I mean, I, I think all the the questions were fair. There were it was nothing like super unexpected or crazy. It was just more. What was it? the The one that caught me off guard was what was the harshest comment someone said to you? Some uh, uh, that, that that question I didn't quite see coming. But I thought all, all in all was fair.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people, other guests, have said that like they've had to exercise a different part of their brain a little bit because they don't think about all these things all the time. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's that's something that I've noticed. But yeah, I don't know if that was same for you, but.
1: That yeah, makes sense. I, I mean, I, I, I'm yeah. I mean, you have to think about it a little bit because not everything that's just uh, like on the forefront of your head. But um, yeah, no. Overall, I thought it was fair. There were a couple where it's just like, well, I I'd probably have to think about this a little more for like a deeper answer. But um, yeah, Well. no. Overall, it was good.
0: Yeah. So uh, this do is I every have... section asks me like three to four questions if you want. Uh, uh, but this is, yeah, this is your time now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so one question, and it kind of piggybacks off. I want to just
0: to pause you. Just to pa- pause this. <laughs> I don't know why every every guest other than my sister has been really excited about this section. And Alex, seems <laughs> like, that's a no, no. It, yeah, it, just like, oh, I, I want to. I no, it, it, like, okay. it, it
1: was something I just wanted to circle back on, and kind okay. of like pause it to you as a, a hypothetical, or not even a hypothetical, just uh, something a little further. I, I, uh, one, one thing I'm kind of curious is in your perspective, which, who do you think out of, like, your fa- uh, biological father, your stepfather, and your mother, who do you think has influenced your um, you as a person the most? My mother. Really? And in what way?
0: You know, I mean, if you think about it, you know, I... New
1: and the reason now. I ask is I see, I see aspects of all of your parents in you, some of it.
0: Yeah, I do. I agree with that as well. I think the reason I always say that is because there's, also, there's, there's a couple of reasons. One is the time. So you got to remember that I, my mom had me when she was still at Santa Clara before my stepdad was in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, my dad was funny. My dad was in the picture then a lot more because I would go to Gilroy for um, weekends. But then he moved to New York. Uh, for Mm -hmm. Hofstra and, you know, to do his career. That's when my stepdad got more in the picture. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one constant has always been my mom because there was a time where we moved back from Spain and it was really me and my mom again for like, I want to say like seven to eight months. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, um, I just think I've had more significant, I would say, emotional development with my mom versus my other two parents. Okay. Um, and I do think, I think aspects of how I deal with problems probably come from more of my male influences, but I think, and I told this to my mom, though I think a lot of how I view my own character, moral code comes from that direction. And I think that's actually the biggest influence you can have on your kids is sure. their character. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
1: what their morality is or what your influence on their yeah. morality is. Um, yeah. So one other question. Uh, this is more like on the family stuff. So how have your uh, siblings influenced you?
0: Um, I feel like it's been the other way around, but I would say that in really? more recent years... Yeah, I mean, because you got to remember that like... when well, okay. May uh,
1: maybe even in terms of like leadership or looking at it as a big brother.
0: Yeah, I mean... I, I I still have, I have an answer for your question. I just think okay. that it's just changed over time. So, like, when my sister was born, I was only nine, and my mom just told me, like, you know, my mom has always told me, like, you know, if something happens to her and my stepfather, that it is my responsibility to do what I can for them. Uh, you know, my mom's very uh, old school in that regard. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, but, you know, my sister, I think the reason she was into basketball, into even anime was because I would spend so much time with her you know, doing that stuff. Um, I think the reason my brother is even into video games and some of his hobbies is because he used to watch me play a lot of video games too in my high school years. Um, They've gone actually closer as they've gone older because they're just closer in age. Um, Because what's interesting is that my brother views me kind of like a pseudo-parent, kind of like what you were describing. Um, And my sister just, she views me more like an older brother because I was only nine when she was born. Mm Mm-hmm um and uh i would say with how they've influenced me on the other side it's kind of like you know how i was in high school and some of the language and attitudes i had i think both my siblings turning being uh homosexual really changed my behavior on that front mm-hmm. i know my brother has had issues in the past especially as he got became a teenager had more of a voice of saying like you know there isn't only one way to be a man or masculine. I think he sometimes gets bothered when I say like, I'm not going to repeat it here, but you understand the lingo <laughs> because you know I'm not, I'm on recording here, um, and I've said those things because what I realize is that when he, now he's in high school, um, a lot of those kids that would have been like you and I, okay, there's a generational gap, but let's say like you and I in those eras, and that era, like he, I see that it bothers him when like you know he's put in a certain bucket because you know he's not straight and he doesn't have their hobbies and he's not like a, a man's man as they would quote on that. Yeah, He's actually, he's actually talked to me about that and says that like, you know, he has to deal with that at school. It'd be cool if I didn't talk like that in the home.
1: Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah. so just going off of that, yeah. how have your views on masculinity changed as a result of those interactions?
0: Yeah, I've learned that like, and so this has been a process for me, my late, my, let's say mid to late twenties is that um there's still something oh, and
1: like, um, and and what do you think are like uh, i w- I would say what are like two or three things that you think it means to uh, to be masculine in a good way
0: yeah. <laughs> Man, this tables of turn. <laughs> this is what I'm always afraid of. <laughs> um, yeah, one, to, one to two questions become like five. Anyways, the uh, anyways, to answer this. Question, no, there's
1: um, all, so uh, Following this, there's only one more question I have.
0: Okay, thank you, <laughs> thank you for uh, having mercy. Anyways, um, uh, sorry, uh, sorry. You uh, so you asked the two to three things, and also my was the one before? Like,
1: you? how was your uh, uh, well? You're like uh, this is something I've struggled. About. I always said, how is your interaction with your brother? And just push back on, on, you know, your older views on masculinity. How have that changed? And you're like, well, it's been tough. And I said, well, okay, well, just to piggyback off of that, also, what what would you consider, like, two to three things that are, like, healthy in a masculine sense?
0: And the reason it's been tough is that my views of masculinity actually come from my mother. So what's difficult has been, like, doing that like wait we we have the same parent (laughs) you know at least one same parent right Mm -hmm. but my mom has changed a lot too since you know she's she had him like in her 30s um i would say like uh why it's been tough is that like you know there are just certain things that i it's in my dna like i i do believe like you should you show compassion but you have to show resolve like you know my brother you know he has more stuff he has to go through like he he has anxiety he needs you know you know mental health days i'm saying that aloud and you know we've talked off the record how i have said some things about those kind of days but i had to really take a step back and realize that maybe maybe the attributes i have and are actually just people like they don't like you know they use a video game reference you know how they have those skill trees maybe they don't have those abilities or skills and i have to be more empathetic
1: so, uh, you, yeah, you're low on empathy, but you're higher on uh, uh, disagreeableness.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> well, this is a serious podcast. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but, uh, yeah, and so those kind of things, I've had to really, like, take a step back and realize that, like, you know, his experience is unique. It doesn't mean he's not a guy because he still views it. It's funny. He views himself as a a man, but he's just not. Wait,
1: well, he's a dude. He's
0: a yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's it's interesting the cultural what's the term on our society the cultural like landmarks that we have. So now I understood the whole. I mean, I understood more. I'm not I'm not saying I agree with the whole. You know, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Like the I forgot what it was called the term. It's escaping me right now. But we talked about it before. Like you know, different gender roles and it's a, is, it a, is it a is it a is it a figment of our imagination or is it real? But Putting that aside, I've I've learned to be more compassionate to like how that can be tough when there is only one archetype and you don't fit that archetype. And so I've been more empathetic to that, those experiences. And I still think like to your point, we said at the beginning of the podcast, there's a balance to that. I think you can go too extreme with, oh, the archetypes don't matter. But I think we can be more empathetic to people who don't fit perfectly in those archetypes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the two to three things that I think is healthy masculinity is I I think you need to have courage in life. And mm-hmm. there's a loaded word. Courage doesn't just mean like I'm the front row line guy. And I, you know, I mean, that's cool too. But like courage to like admit you're wrong. Courage to make a Do decision, the right thing. Uh, yeah. Or do the right thing when it's against the grain or be against yeah. the grain. Um, I think there's an old quote I like that's like nothing. Um, it's an Aristotle quote, actually. I'm gonna see if I can look it up real quick. It's one that I like. Um, it's like... Uh, yeah, courage is the first of human qualities because it's the quality which guarantees the others. Um, you know, it's kind of like you don't do my, many things in life if you're always afraid. And and, and and this is like I said, a very abstract term, but it's like you know, you should be a, you know be courageous to admit when you're wrong too. I think that's mm-hmm. where sometimes courage doesn't get enough reputation, right? Um, I think I, I, I'm gonna stick to three. I think the other one, other two, one of them would be also like. Um, you know, how do I just describe this in like one kind of sentence? Kinda of like um like don't what's the term? Like you don't like um because let's say you are like a you you have resolve, you have strength, whatever, you have courage, don't abuse that power, like just because you feel like you can get away with certain behavior, whether that's mm-hmm. because you have rich or in any way, athlete, yeah. Yeah. Don't think you can get away with certain behavior that you can just manipulate people or, you know, push them down or whatever. Try to be something that lifts people up. Um, And I think the last thing is empathy. I think something we don't talk about is empathy for each other. So men amongst men, Uh, but also to the other people's experiences. I think that kind of stuff isn't talked about. Right. That's why we see a lot of male suicides. We see a lot of men don't they trivialize therapy, even though they might need it. And I think there's a lot. I think I think the modern man has to fix. This is why it's tough. I think it's tough for guys. I know it's not popular. Oh, uh, hold on. Guys.
1: I I have, I have a question. Do you think that it is strictly an issue from the male masculinity side, or more of society overall?
0: In I terms of the
1: overall issue. lack of empathy towards men.
0: I think I think there's it's a societal issue, but you're asking <laughs> specifically about men. Sure, sure. What I wanted to hi- highlight one last thing was kind of like. I think the the hard part about being a guy today is like you have to still in many ways uphold the archetypes but you have to give it a modern twist because they're not you can't just apply them blindly anymore it's
1: like a software upgrade that's
0: been it's been very tough for guys and that's why i have a lot of empathy for guys because it's like you're told one thing but then you're like wait but if i do this i'm i look like you know i'm misogynistic but then if sure. I don't do this and I'm, I'm viewed as like, oh, this guy's weak. You know, what's wrong with him? It's like you can't do it right, right? And you feel trapped. Well, I mean, and then the, from, like, from a dating standpoint,
1: women. sometimes women say, like, uh, assuming you're like uh, heterosexual, sometimes women uh, want you to be, uh, be a certain way, but they don't necessarily find that attractive in the end.
0: Exactly. I think the dating work one I like to use is because I've seen this in New York is like, oh, like a guy's trying to help somebody and she's immediately telling her manager, he's just mansplaining me. But I know the guy. I don't think he was doing that. I just think he was just trying to help her and explain. But uh, right. you know how it is. Um, and I think. Then well, the, 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 work, the
1: one that cracked crack me up. Uh, are you there? Yeah, another example that cracked me up. there is And this is a more extreme example. But there is a woman uh, like journalist. I forgot off oh, for what publication. This is like a year or two ago. And she was writing how, you know, it's sh- like more men should be wearing dresses. And then she had a follow-up article because her partner, uh, her boyfriend, wore a dress. And she then wrote about how she was immediately repulsed by seeing that. <laughs> Where it's like, you that was a you just, funny you told example. this one,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I yeah, because I, I read it and I was like, well, it's funny how you think you, uh, you want one thing or you're advocating. And then just... It, from a, a, an immediate response, you uh, what you were saying, you realize you just don't like that at all.
0: Yeah.
1: And she's like, I can't explain it. She's like, I just don't like it. It's like, well, yeah, you're attracted to what you're attracted to. Yeah,
0: that is true. Anyway. Wait, 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 so so that, you one uh, more for me before we wrap up. Oh, I know. So
1: anyway, the, the only other thing I'd add is, uh, and what I think is like, uh, you know, it doesn't really get talked about, especially like in like, you know, more toxic men's only spaces is, the idea of, like, responsibility or, like, accepting that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, like, that might be number one on my list because there's a lot of dudes out there who, like, you know, they'll act a certain way and it kind of goes off off the, the whole thing of, like, you know, don't abuse your power in certain situations. It's, like, just kind of, like, act responsibly. Take care of your own business. Do what's right by you and the people you love. Uh, I think that's, like, a pretty important approach to, like, being a dude and trying to um, you know, act in, in, in a very good way, yeah, but uh, yeah. Oh, so That's this weird. is a, this is a little change of pace. We'll see how you answer this, okay. but it's something, okay, yeah, so like... yeah, cause everyone talks about red flags in terms of like a partner or things that they're, they're at, uh, like automatically a turnoff, but not, this doesn't really get talked about, I think a whole lot. I, I just wanted to ask you personally, what are several things that you, that, like, a close friend, either male or female, could do that would immediately be like uh, a red flag or uh, would burn your bridge where it would be irreparable?
0: Uh, I mean, obviously... Well, like, what are your... Huh? I mean, obviously, if they betray my trust. but okay. like, um, But I think... I mean, if you're trying to be more like Abstract about it. Um, No, no,
1: destroying trust is fine. I was just kind of curious.
0: Yeah, I mean, destroying trust is a big one for me. I think also, um, but if it's not about. Like, where's your
1: line? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess, like, there is, like, if it, like, if you, obviously, if you betray my trust or you are not up front with me, that's a red flag. And I tend to cut people out that way. Um, Mm -hmm. They're actually not bad people. It's just, like, you know, you can't. I just, as I get older, I just have less and less tolerance Mm -hmm. for it. But mm-hmm. I think there's always this gray area that I think I want to touch upon mm-hmm. because I think this so what happens to most people because most people are not all good, all bad, right? I mean, there's people that you can easily put right. This guy, all he talks about is his new apartment that he bought him in hand. It, you know, all he wants to show off, show off, right? But there's people. Most people are more in the bucket of like you know, they're actually they're very polite to you, cordial, but then you just pick up little things, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, I have to think of like something that like would bother me would be like little things of like okay if i you know respond in a group chat and everybody else responds and this guy never responds but when other people write in the group chat he always responds i feel like that's a little tell another another one i have here for new yorkers is like they'll be nice to you they'll be like oh you're so cool and like and, and and actually they're usually cool with me but then they'll they'll shit on a group of like you know oh you know these freaking, you know, who's on, who, there's no woman on these conservative apps, like, you know, um, or, you know, they will just shit on a group of people and like, just judge them all, even though they don't know anything about their lived experience or what it's like, mm-hmm. like, for instance, know we've talked about it, but like people, I know we're confused of why a lot of Latinos in Texas on the border voted for a certain guy. And they just assume they must just all be either manipulated by misinformation or racist. You know how, like, demeaning that is if, like, you are from those communities? Like, what? you, I, I mean, I'm not saying they're, like, PhDs, but, like, there are real people that, like, again, the the core of this podcast, right? Like, you have lived experiences that I don't have and that it might be important for me to hear or just, you know, just listen to because that's, that's still knowledge, right? That's emotional knowledge or whatever we want to call it. Those kind of things have bothered me more and more as I've gotten older because, you know, and I see this with people who are just flat out racist, too. Like, they just group all people in a certain bucket, you know, based off sure. stereotypes. Um, and I just think that those kind of things. Well, I think them. I think the
1: kind of people you were you talking about do the same thing uh, in terms of the racist outlook, but they just do it in terms of regionalism.
0: Exactly. Those kind of behaviors, I just find a little yellow flaggy because they think they're in the right, right? And I always always worry when, like, somebody has such conviction that they're on the right side of anything um, mm-hmm. because unless you're fighting genocide, I feel like it's not usually the case. As we've discussed for many years, things are always more nuanced than it appears. And, um, and I think, like, those kind of things have kind of, like, Rub me the wrong way, and I think what's interesting is that I even see this in my own career, where like it's not even about anything societal. It's about like, oh, this is the right way to write the code. This is the right way to build it. And often they've missed a few gaps, right? Because nothing's ever truly the right way all the hundred percent of the time, unless it's a security problem, right? Um, Yeah, especially in coding, right? Yeah, I think those kind of things, um, those kind of attributes, are kind of things that like I look for as red flags, yellow flags. I like to say too. I think. Most people have yellow flags more than red flags. I think red flags are easier for people, right? They lie to you. They mistrust you. They treat you like garbage. I think Manipulate. most people on any spectrum, yeah, they, they they can, unless they're really, like, warped or blind, they can sniff that out. I think the yellow flags that are teetering on red, those are the harder ones, to, I think, for people to sniff out because you want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but if you take a step back, I always try to do this exercise with one of my friends. Like if you take a step back and you're the third party, what would your read of the situation be? Right. Often they would come to the conclusion of like, Oh wait, yeah. Like I would (coughs) tell this person, like this person's just blowing you off or this person's like, you're just somebody they know. They don't really, Yeah,
1: you'd be like, "Oh, uh, Oh yeah. Well they said X, Y, and Z. And you're like, yeah, but what do their actions tell you?
0: Exactly. What do their actions tell you? And I think a lot of people, when they're in the situation, they can't see that. So I think like a lot of yellow flags are kind of like that. Like you know, they say something, they do the other. You know. No, I, like, I think your analogy.
1: Sorry, I, I think your analogy is good, in terms of like trying to go third party or see the bigger picture. So I think oftentimes when we're, you know, living our own lives or interacting with people, we tend to look in a zoomed in kind of lens, and you're telling people to zoom yeah, out a yeah.
0: bit. Yeah, because that's often, I find that that's the way to solve most of their dilemmas. Because, like, I get right. questions sometimes, like, you know, you know, there's this guy, like, you know, why didn't he Venmo me back? And I said, like, I don't think he's a bad dude. I think he's really cool. I think he's just a person that you have to nudge to Venmo you. Like, I'm not yeah. even saying it's like he's, you know, don't be friends with him. I'm just saying that, like, don't, uh, what's the term? Like, don't think, like, you know, him not Venmo you means he hates you. Just more as, like, he just, I think he's the type of guy that if you don't remind him, he's not doing it. <laughs> Which he's I know not he, like, He's not proactive. Imagine, yeah, and, and this is kind of like, I am going to use this term, but um, it, these are the kind of microaggressions that I see that people overanalyze when they really just need to have, like, that frank conversation, or they need to just nudge, like, hey, you haven't demoed me. And then, obviously, after the second or third time, then it's obvious, then you get yeah. data, then it's obvious, hey, this guy, there's something off here. But for the most part, I told him, like, and he actually did it this week, I said, just, just uh, message him that you haven't demoed him back, and he did it, you know, the very next, you know, the very sure. next morning, like, it's like it's it's that's what i've noticed that like it's just um you know people are like i don't know one thing i learned about new york is that like um you know people are more obvious than you realize um so like for instance right let's say you're talking to a chick at the bar right and they're they're how girls are they're trained to be polite so do you think the conversation is going well and then, like, you know how it is. They give the friend a look and then they just dip, you know? They go with their other friends. But really, they're just going to the other side of the bar, you know? They're just trying to blow you off. And, you know, when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, you know, they, you know, just, you know, try again. But now it's so obvious that, like, they're just blowing you off. You know? if they really want to talk to you. They will, they will talk to you, right? Sure. And um, that's what I've been telling uh, my, uh, my little mentee. And uh, he's, he's benefited a lot, you know? Maybe too much. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> so, what kind of
1: A slight little one other side. So how has your um, your outlooks on things changed since you moved to New York? Even from Jersey. Yeah, even from
0: Jersey. I would say New York has been a wild experience in some ways. I think one of the biggest things I've learned is that people are way more insecure than I realize. So, for instance, (laughs) I I was talking to a buddy of mine, Tom, as you know him, and he was telling me the other day at the Mets game, like, yeah, you know, uh, my girl was telling me that um, you know we're uh, uh, you know you know New York tens become uh, no no New York six become tens when they leave. First of mm-hmm. all, I don't know why people talk like this, but whatever. Uh, that's that's aside. And then he had an interesting point. He's just like, yeah, that's part of the.
1: Life. Go ahead. That in that in that lens. Hmm. Hello.
0: No, I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I. I uh, sorry. You, you, you said uh, six. She views herself as a six.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you want me to keep going. Yeah. So he yeah. Like, finishes. talk going. Like, I. I was like, I didn't realize. I'll quote him. I was like, I didn't realize she saw herself as a, as a as a six, and like, you know, I think she's, you know, obviously. He's,
1: yes, he's, we we know.
0: Uh, he, he, he views are like a lot higher than that, and that's just a recent example. But I have so many little examples where I'm talking even to dudes, and they're like, Yeah, I don't know why I, he's like, I, yeah, I like going out to the bars with you, Chris, but like, I feel like a chick is just gonna want to talk to you and not me. And I'm like, Wait a second, like, really? You don't know that, like, you don't know that at all, you know? Um, and yeah, like, I was uh, um, uh, when I was with my old kick, like my indoor team that had all the drama with uh, you know, that drama already, um. You know, one of the teammates, I was saying that I, I'm going to start doing salsa again, which unfortunately I won't be able to because I'm hurt. But mm-hmm. um, but you were planning uh, on it, no, no, I did do some. I did like half the month, and then I got hurt. <laughs> and I have to now get a credit for the class. But anyway, she so she when she heard that from me, she was just like, oh, um, that's so you. And I'm like, you barely know me. But okay, I'll take the compliment. And this has happened to me a couple times where um i've had another person uh my uh, uh i'm hanging out with her friends and she's like chris you're so like you know just stoic and i'm like oh yeah like this is how i am actually i'm not you know i'm i'm outgoing when it comes to like when my competitive juice is going but you realize my career is like i don't talk to anybody most of the day right
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> like you saw are problem solver I'm
0: very, yeah i'm a very like you know introverted guy actually i i just know how to flip on the extra st- other stuff, but it takes me more energy than probably a true extra. Bit. You know, the whole, you, know you, you heard that research. Um, and she was genuinely shocked. And it just shows me that like people really like, not only are they insecure about themselves, but like they, they project a lot of their own perception of you just based off like their few interactions. And it goes back to, that's the other thing I was going to tell you that the New Yorkers taught me that first impressions matter too much in this city. Sure. Um, because, I, I you know, can understand that. Yeah, I think it's just, uh, it's, 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 first pressures are important, but I don't think it should determine, um, you know, how you view that person, because you might need more data, right? Like, I always tell one of my coworkers, because she'll ask me, like, what do you think of this person? I said, like, I don't like judging until I work with them. And then when I work with them, I'll give you a true analysis. But until then, it's all speculation, you know? Um, and I don't like that, because, like, you end up poisoning the well. A phrase I heard early in my career, you know, poisoning the well, and then you could ruin other people's perceptions of this person. So I try to withhold judgment even though I'm a very judgy person. Anyways, the, um, but yeah, that's, uh, those are like kind of the bigger things in New York. I I mean, there's so many other things I can tell you, but like, I think those things on a social level is big. I think, you know, people, how you interact with them on first impressions on, if they get you on Instagram, that really tells them a lot about, I mean, social media is an important aspect of like, you know, showing yourself to the world, but as we've discussed, it's a curated version. And, um, and I think when you don't have that kind of like confidence, it, it, I can see how it can be crushing because I see mm-hmm. that a lot. Like People don't post or they're afraid to post. Oh, what if I only get two likes? Who gives it a crap if you get two likes? But I can't teach these things. They have to learn it themselves, right? And I, I've learned a lot, going back to my full circle point, I've learned a lot about how insecure people are. And I, look, everybody has their own insecurities, um, and you know, you and I included, but I think... My sister said the best once, even though she doesn't remember saying it, um, but she liked the quote so much that she likes being attributed to it. But like you can tell uh, the, the true test of a person sometimes is how they handle their insecurities. Hmm. You know, the, no, you know sure. how they handle them t- tells you a lot about them. Actually, maybe more than what most most things you can learn from a person. And I think I think she was right. She actually said that in uh, my first episode of this podcast to do a little plug. Anyways, the um, like that. Um, but yeah, I, I leave, I'll leave it at that. That's a perfect Mic drop, so all right,
1: yeah, it's uh, that's that's pretty good. I mean, I have other questions, but we'll say that for another time,
0: yeah, four years from now. Thank you, anyways. The um, or you know, we'll when I start my own pod, oh, I'm looking forward to that. I will be the 80th guest on that pod, anyways. No, <laughs> you'll be number one, bro. okay. I want the question list ahead of time, anyways. Yeah, uh... oh, uh, no, no,
1: that's not the way it works. <laughs> Oh yeah. no! But uh, okay. this was fun, man.
0: It was interesting. Good talking to you. yeah, and um, yeah, I'm definitely. I'm telling you, like, last thing I'll say is that what I'm looking forward to is like kind of like the follow ups. So like, it's convenient. yeah, in, in, in and a few know, years. Not, not so. not this coffee. is like a yeah, yeah. Go ahead. This
1: feels like a boyhood type of uh, experiment you're doing. You remember uh, yeah, the movie or, Boyhood?
0: Um, yeah, I remember the. we saw that together. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> the. Uh, um also there's another movie uh, that's uh there's actually a film trilogy i mean meaning to put on our pod list it's actually same concept it's like a falls of romance over three films separated by you. time gaps mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's on the list but it's yeah it's, it's it, it i wouldn't say it's directly inspired uh, because I, I didn't come up with this concept after watching those things but you're right it's it's a very boyhood boyhooded concept of like measuring over time this change you know because you know, I think the, the part of the true reward will be listening to this, creating new questions, at least for me, and then having a discussion again, and then, you know, comparing, like, you know, maybe some points to what you said before. Like, some aren't going to be repeatable. Like, I don't, I got I don't think I'm going to ask the parents stuff again, but, like, you know, the goals, the, you know, uh, maybe some of this open question stuff, maybe, like, has this changed? Do we view things differently? It's going to be very fascinating, yeah. So I appreciate you doing this, so.
1: Yeah, of course. All right, man, take
0: it easy. Have a good weekend.